Uh, Happy New Year to you. I hope that uh, things are going well so far. Uh, You all have straight A's right now. Uh, Nothing good or bad. You haven't accomplished anything either, but uh, maybe making it to church is uh, accomplishment enough on a morning like this. Uh, I know that uh, many times you come to the end of the year and there's a a time for reflection. And uh, even, uh, you know, the idea of... uh, not just reflection, but uh, assessment of understanding and thinking through what happened in the last year. And that's all fine. That's all fine. Um, And sometimes that's helpful as we think to a a new year or a a new school year or whatever it is. You've accomplished something and to think through what happened. But in reality, uh, what happened in the past really doesn't matter anymore, does it? Um, There's a uh, idea that we have an unknown future, and sometimes that freaks us out. Uh, what's going to happen in the new year? Uh, we say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if we were in this time last year, uh, we could have had some of the similar thoughts that we go, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to 2016. And now we, in reflection, we go, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen, whatever it was in your your family and life. And I realize that uh, we live in a media-driven world, and it's kind of crazy that we uh, uh, find this deep connection with celebrities and politicians and sports figures, and we're like, oh my, we're like we're participating in their life. But I want to remind you, you don't know any of those people, any of them. And uh, what happens out in a celebrity, sports figure, politician's life, uh, the reality of the big stuff is happening for you and your home. It's happening with your spouse. It's happening with your kids and your grandkids. And it's happening right here uh, in the great city of Tehachapi, uh, the thriving metropolis. Um, And so uh, as uh, as we think about this new year, uh, it's the unknown future. That's the unknown future. And for most of us, there's a sense of excitement to what happens next. Oh, I don't know what's happening. It's kind of like a Christmas present, and it's all wrapped up, and you don't know. Uh, But for some of us, it makes us nervous because we've had things happen in the past, and we go, oh, I didn't feel like I was ready for it. Um, And so this morning, I want to uh, hopefully do something that is preparatory for you, and it's something to get you thinking uh, and, and really, as I consider uh, in my own heart and life uh, this next year, um, I, I was saying, you know, what is it that I want to be? What, what kind of person? Uh, how, how do I want to handle those unknown events that come? And so I want to share with you some things uh, this morning. Let, let's pray and just ask God's blessing on our time, asking Him to work in our hearts because uh, if He doesn't work in our hearts, our cold hearts, uh, they'll just stay the same. Uh, we don't want that. God, thank You for this morning. Thank You for the blessing of being with Your people and uh, for the opportunities in the new year. God, we, we know that we need You. Uh, we've sung of that. We acknowledge that. And yet, uh, God, I ask that You would impress this upon us as we look to Your Word, that we see people... Uh, who did trust you and who didn't trust you. Um, And God, may we see the difference and may we be people that walk with you in faith, step by step. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you'd open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, we'll start there. Um, I, I usually uh, try to limit uh, my time to one passage and a two, three, four points. This morning I have the whole Bible and seven points. Um, wanted to really start off with a bang, you know, uh, in 2017. Uh, it got me thinking about those who were successful in the Bible and those who weren't. Now, and when I say successful, that, that, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Zach was covering me on that one. Uh, as we consider, uh, like, what makes successful and what makes unsuccessful, we realize that uh, it's God's blessing. It's, it's His participation. It's Him saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And yet, as you look to the Scripture, you realize that there are many, many examples of those who did it on their own, who were do-it-yourselfers, who were people who said, uh, I know what God is doing. I know what He's told me, but I have a better idea. I have a better idea. The first one uh, is in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, verse 6. And really, that, that whole section, and uh, as it speaks of this uh, tempting by the serpent, how he came to Eve, and then uh, Eve uh, took the fruit and handed it to her husband, and her husband followed that. And, and you see that whole uh, scenario, what happened there is that sin entered the world, and it was the first new idea that had come in. It wasn't God's idea. It wasn't something that He had prescribed. It's not something that He had said. Uh, and this is how it turned out uh, in verse 6. So, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. It seems uh, not that significant. It's not that significant. It's a uh, piece of fruit from the tree. They ate. And it seems like no big deal. And yet, as you read, and even as you read the whole Bible... It goes back to this one event as the sin that was entered. And, and God had said no. The serpent had said, why don't you try? And the Adam, he went, he did, he did. And it, it seems insignificant, like much of your lives. Uh, I, I don't mean to say that to you. <laughs> but um, much of our lives don't seem like that big of a deal. In fact, uh, some of you, you know, you partied like a rock star last night. You were, uh, you were up to like 9.30 or something like that. You had a cu cup of milk and cookies and you took your meds and you went to bed, right? Uh, uh, I, I realized that, that we're not that significant. And so we might look at the acts of obedience as well. That This is what God... I, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. And you say, ah, it doesn't really matter what God wants. My life is insignificant. I want to tell you that it's not. It's not. That acts of obedience and steps and listening to God, uh, He has called us to do that. As we consider uh, this this morning, we see Adam as really the first do-it-yourselfer. 
he had the first better idea than God. God had said, this is for you. He said, no, I'll do something else. There are other options. And so we see the example of Adam doing his own thing, and we see the repercussions as well. You move over to the next book, in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 32, we find Aaron. And the the book of Exodus is mostly about Moses, but Aaron was kind of his right-hand man, at least at this point. And uh, Aaron, um, many of you can jump back into the story, he's left with God's people. Moses is going to get the Ten Commandments, the, the commandments for spending time with God, while he was gone, uh, we pick up the story in Exodus 32, verse 32. Um, I'm sorry, uh, verse 1, verse 1. Exodus 32, verse 1, it says, When the people saw that Moses d- delayed, uh, was, was delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to, to Aaron and said to him, Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took their rings of gold in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold that, that, that their hands had fashioned it, with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. The people sat down and eat and drink and rose up to play. What you have here is an example uh, of a form of other worship, of idolatry, of Aaron uh, just going about his time. The people come and say, hey, uh, we want something else. And he goes, okay, okay. Uh, I, I want to say that this was uh, the mob pressure on Aaron, but it doesn't look like there was much pressure at all. He just folded at the suggestion of something else, he just folded. And, and for us, we, that, there might be something for us this year. As Aaron was uh, away from the, the leader Moses, the one he trusted in was gone, and the people had another idea, and they came to him and said, suggested something, and he went with it. Uh, I think often we... Uh, Majority rules, right? Majority rules. If more people think it's a good idea, it must be. Is that true? No. I'll take one right answer, one right answer, over thousands of wrong answers. Thousands. And when I think of it, I I think, you know, did Aaron know that it was wrong? to? Yeah, he knew. He knew that there was one God and it wasn't made out of boiled down gold rings, right? He knew. He knew. He knew that it was a bad idea, but everyone thought it was a good idea. I want to tell you, 
uh, this year. Uh, don't, don't take a poll. Don't take a poll. Don't, don't ask uh, for a vote to do the right thing. If you know what God wants you to do, do it. And this idea that, that the majority rules or even mob rule, uh, uh, bad idea. Um, you go on in uh, Exodus 32 and you see over and over again uh, how the repercussions of this and how God's anger came out um, and how Moses had to lead them out of this sin. It was a do-it-yourselfer idea. It was a different idea. It was, uh, we, have, we have a different idea from you, God. You can look over at the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Familiar story. Uh, God's people, Moses had led God's people out of the promised land. God had provided for them over and over and over again. And I want to tell you, God's provision for you uh, should be fuel for 2017. <laughs> should be fuel. Have you seen God's faithfulness in 2016? Has anyone seen God's faithfulness in your family, in your life? Yeah. If you've seen God's faithfulness in the past, you know that he hasn't changed for the future. Super important for us to look through. I know some of you are facing some big things, some health issues, some financial struggles, some uh, scary things of uh, this. That I want to tell you, if God's been good to you in the past, you can trust in him for those things in the future. But in this passage, in Numbers chapter 13, we, we see 12 spies. They come to the edge of the promised land and... and uh, they're chosen uh, these 12 spies and they're go, going in one from each tribe and they, they're sent in to see what the land is like and and what's going to happen and if you know the story you realize that two of them acted in faith Caleb and Joshua and then the other 10 brought uh, back a different report and as you look at it in verse 14 um I'm sorry, uh, yeah. Uh, in Numbers 13, you look down at it and you realize that the, the whole passage is talking about, one right after the other, that, that they went in and saw the same thing. And this is what's super important about, uh, you're going to have similar experiences. You could even have this as a husband and wife, that you're in the same predicament. But how you look at that, that predicament is what will make the difference. Caleb and Joshua goes, let's go, let's go. God is for us, he's with us, let's go. And the other 10 said this, they said, we're going to die there. The, 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 land, there's, the armies are too big, the people are too big, they're fighting machines, we cannot we, we mu and, and what happened, and this is what's so, so wicked about this. The 10, the 10 brought back a bad report and the masses followed them. It wasn't just a sin on their part of lack of faith that they spread the sin to the rest. And it wasn't just that, but they didn't go in. They didn't go in. And God, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, um, what was it that crippled those 10? What was it? it? They were afraid. They were afraid. It was a fear-driven uh, decision. I want to tell you, um, th this year, when you come up to the... Uh, 
Everyone gets afraid. Everyone does. Um, who struggles with fears here this morning? <laughs> right? Can you think of something in your life where you go, oh, I, you know, I'm looking out at a decision and I say, oh, what if? What's going to happen? Oh, no. It's too scary. And, and so we say, I won't do. I won't do. Why? Because it's scary. That's a fear-based decision. I want to tell you that the the 12, they went and saw the same thing. They they looked upon the same fruit. They saw the same people. They saw the fortified cities. And 10 said this. They said, oh, no, don't do it. It's too scary. And 2 said, "Uh, the Lord's with us. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I want to tell you that uh, the failure of the 10 led uh, really the whole nation into missing out uh, because they were crippled by their fears. In the same book, uh, not in the same book, uh, as we move on in the book of Joshua, this is after uh, Moses has died. Now Joshua is in charge. Joshua chapter 9. Um, and I, I want to tell you that we could, uh, we could look at uh, maybe hundreds of stories of failures of people and and if we didn't even look to the bible this morning we could share right hundreds of stories of where we have failed when we did it on our own when we had our own idea right uh as as you look at the book of joshua uh you you see and it's a very peculiar story joshua chapter 9 it's about this group of people from a neighboring city okay uh, as you think about this, you go, well, it doesn't seem like that. It, once again, an insignificant story. A- as you look at it, in Joshua chapter 9, it's about a group of people that had heard of what God was doing. Um, and what God was doing was giving the promised land to His promised people. And so they were going in, and it was a, a testimony of the Lord, a testimony of the Lord, of what He was doing, that His power was with His people. And as we look at this, we, we get this group of people who were uh, afraid of them. And God had told uh, Moses, but also Joshua, that He was going to give them this land. Don't, uh, this is not the idea of making treaties that will both be okay and everyone will be fine. You stay on your side, I'll stay on my side. We won't fight anymore. It was he was giving them the promised land. I want to tell you that those people could have easily came and said, uh, we give up, we give up. We will follow uh, you. We'll, we'll turn over the keys to the city. Uh, th- we realize this is what God's doing. But... Uh, they didn't. What they did was they sent a contingent of people. They dressed them up like travelers from a long, long way away. They gave them old food. They gave them uh, these old water bottles, wineskins. Um, they they gave that. They made the appearance of having traveled a long way, and then they sent them to God's people. And and as they they came, they go, oh, these people, and they told a great story. We're from a far-off land. We want to make a treaty with you, and we're not a threat to you. We're far, far away. And they come, and this is, uh, the the story comes to, uh, it all hinges on this one verse, Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. It says this, so the men took some of their provisions. He took some of their provisions. 
They looked at their food supply. They looked at what they had, and they saw it, and they took some of it. But it says this, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. They looked at what they had. They saw it with their own eyes. They, they, it, it was the idea that it was right in front of them. And what they saw verified their story. Verified their story. But it says this one little thing. One little thing. They did not seek the counsel of the Lord. I want to tell you, uh, if there's something that we can get for this next year, that should be it. That, it. that we don't handle the decisions of this life in this next year with our own eyes. We have a smart group of people here. I, I never question how uh, smart God has made you, but our failures don't come because we're not smart enough they come most of the time because we don't seek the counsel of the lord that we don't aren't in step with him that we're not asking what do what do you think we're we're seeing it with our own eyes as we consider this this morning i want to ask you are you ready as you look at this next year to handle everything in prayer are you ready not just um like at all kinds of times, as you prepare and you go into things and you have things on your schedule, do you, are, are you ready? And I want to be this kind of person that sees everything. God, I need to trust you for this. As I prepare to take steps that I need to trust you, but not just then, but in the heat of the battle, when I'm going about my day and when I come to the... the God, am I seeing what I'm seeing? I, is this really what you want me to do? I want to tell you, you look at this uh, chapter, this story, uh, you see the failure of God's people. Why? Because they didn't seek the counsel of the Lord. I want to tell you, that will be us as well. Uh, We will be failures. We will be failures. We have a better idea. If we can see it with our own eyes, that we look at it and go, seems legit to me. Seems like a good decision to me. Um, I want to tell you. In the, in the same book, in the book of Joshua, if you go back a couple of chapters, uh, you'll see a man. Uh, you'll see a man, and they go into battle, and as uh, they are successful because of Joshua chapter 7, sorry. Um, the man's name is Achan, and I remember a uh, young man teaching a sixth grade Sunday school class, and he says, Achan was mistaken. Okay, I, I always remember that when I come to the story. Achan was mistaken. So Achan, his deal was that uh, they weren't supposed to take anything, and yet he saw some things that he liked. Uh, he saw some money and some clothing, and he realized that this was something that he could take, and it didn't seem worthy to destroy, and so he thought that he could take it and hide it. No one would know. Um, and yet, uh, and... For us here today, I want to tell you this. Uh, We have some of those same things, too. We see things with our eyes, and we go, it's not that big of a deal. I I want it. It seems great for me. And yet, uh, God may have uh, outlined some things for you. Maybe it's stealing. Maybe it's some kind of 
uh, dishonest. Maybe it's something you shouldn't have, but you see it with your eyes and you go, I just want to have it. No one will know. It won't be that big of a deal. If you look at the story of Achan in John, uh, Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, you, you see this. It speaks of who, who he was and his family name. And it says that he took some things, some devoted things, but not just that. And then, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Through Achan, through Achan, just one man, God's anger burned against his people because they hadn't listened. They hadn't listened. Um, You know, what's interesting about that is that um, you say, well, that's not fair. Not everyone did what was wrong. But as you go on, you see uh, God removing his hand from his people and letting them fail, letting them fail because of Achan's sin. Joshua struggles through this, and uh, uh, God kind of picks him up and says, there's sin in the camp. Go take care of this. And they did. And uh, it was Achan's sin that brought pain to his people, but not just pain to his people, to his household. And I want to tell you, especially as men here tonight, today, uh, I want to tell you, you don't want to bring pain uh, and the removal of the hand of the Lord, the blessing upon your family because of your sins. And so we want to listen. We want to listen. If God says, don't touch it, don't touch it. If God says, I I want you to move in faith, take that step. Why? Because you want to be in step with Him. You don't want to be one who has a better idea. I shared this with the kids earlier. Uh, We moved to David. um, in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 21. And it records this in Chronicles as well. Uh, we, we see David, uh, you know, and David, he's a mixed bag, isn't he, in the Scripture? There are times that he does amazing things, and there are other times where he walks in his own flesh. And I want to tell you, that's us as well. That's us as well. And the story or the event is told, uh, success or failure, it's a good episode or a bad episode, Dependent on this one thing. If we're walking in our flesh, doing it ourselves, trusting our own resources, or trusting in Him, listening to Him, walking with Him. In First uh, Chronicles chapter 21, this is what it says. Then, then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring me a report that I may know their number. Once again, once again, this does not seem like a big deal. Um, But know this, that Satan was working in David to go and count the number. Count the number. Um. What what was so bad about counting the number? Well, the counting of the number uh, was the idea of how many people do we have? Not just how many people, but how many potential army soldier types? How, How many do we have? And if it's a large number, uh, we're doing the math, right? We're going, uh, we can take them. We can take them. Why? Because of the number. Because of the number. 
We are strong. Why? Because of the number. Think about that. The number, uh, numbers are just numbers. Uh, There's something great about math. How many of you like math? You like math. It's just, there's something black and white to it. It's something, it's fabulous. It's, you know, it's not like writing an essay or something like that. Oh, awful, you know. Is it good or bad? It's the number. Is it right or wrong, right? Uh, there's something great about numbers and math, but, but the, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? As, as David was, uh, and I, w- I want to tell you, it's interesting to me, and it, it says it kind of, I don't know, as I read that, w- what you felt like. Satan, Satan worked in David's life so that he would go number the people. Wow. And you go, boy, is that how Satan works? Sometimes, sometimes. He wants you to make you feel awesome or wants to make you feel fearful based upon the numbers. I want to tell you that the numbers didn't matter. In fact, you can go see the, the, the history of Israel and you can realize that uh, the numbers never made the difference. They never made the difference. It was the blessing of the Lord. I want to tell you that uh, there's a danger for you this year um, that you make decisions based on doing the math. Is it a right decision or a wrong decision? Well, count it up. Count it up. I, I want to tell you there, there's a danger in uh, pulling out the calculator first uh decisions should be made like this uh i come to a uh, fork in the road uh, a decision of some sort i i realize there are different options and we say lord w- w- what do you want to do we pray and we say god i don't know what to do uh, i i want what you want i i want to make those decisions um oh but that costs too much that costs too much God, I realize you can take care of that over there. Once uh, you show me what to do, I'll trust you for whatever that is. That, that does not mean, listen, listen here. That does not mean that you make reckless decisions and just know that God's going to drop money in your lap. It's the idea that we're willing to take steps of faith and walk with Him. Uh, not based upon the numbers say, but based upon what you feel God wants you to do. David uh, got sucked in uh, by the enemy. And, and really, th- this idea of Satan's work in our life, uh, it's whether we will listen, is whether we will play with him, we'll go along. And that's what David did. He went along uh, with the enemy's plan for him. He wanted that report um, because he wanted to know how strong he was. He wanted to know if they could handle things. And he knew that already if he would have known the one that he trusted in. And then, uh, and this is my seventh, uh, we'll look at his son Solomon. Uh, Solomon, we, we see in his life, and I'll just summarize it by saying this. Uh, he, God had granted him wisdom. 
He'd given it to him. He, he'd asked for it. He could have asked for anything. And God granted him wisdom, but he granted him everything else as well. And so he had everything he needed. But it tells us in Solomon's life, the, the thing that marked him almost, in many ways, more than his own wisdom that God had given him, blessed him with. He was known for loving many women. And it wasn't just that he had many wives or many girlfriends. and uh, It wasn't just that. It's that uh, he, he looked upon them and he wanted them and he, he did not care about the Lord in their life. And what happened was as he sought them, turned his own heart away from the Lord. He saw and, and he looked upon them and he said, oh, it's for pleasure. Oh, it's for my own desire of my eyes. Oh, this is for me. I'm just going and doing what I want. And yet it led him to worship other eyes. It drew him away from his love for the Lord. Once again, Solomon, if he would have walked with God in these issues, if he would have trusted in what God had said, his heart wouldn't have been drawn away. I want to tell you that these are all, everything I've shared with you this morning from these uh, examples, examples, they're all this flesh. It, and, and when I say flesh, I'm not talking about something that's necessarily bad. It's just our own resources. It's all we have. And, and we look around and we say, this is, this is all I got. This is my brain. This is my physical abilities. This is the, the money that you've entrusted, the experiences. This is all I have. And I want to tell you, that's not enough. It's not enough. The flesh fails over and over again. There's really two just basic reasons. And we'll just look at these briefly. The first one is this. The flesh wasn't meant to work on its own power. Uh, as you look, at, you look at creation, Adam and Eve were not created. He didn't uh, create them and say, go get them. Good luck to you. Uh, Adam and Eve were created to be dependent on God forever. And so are we. So are we. Uh, everything, everything that we do, we're not meant to do it on, on our own. We're meant to do it with Him. The flesh was not meant to work on its own power. And the second thing uh, and goes back to Adam as well. The flesh is permanently ruined, permanently ruined by sin. It's ruined. And when I say ruined, I'm not saying that it has an inability to do anything, but every bit of what we would do in our flesh is touched by sin. Not to mention, so is, uh, as you consider the environment we're in right now, and when I say environment, the, the world we live in is touched as well, as well as we have an enemy uh, that loves it, that it's touched and just continues to add fuel to the fire. This is why the flesh won't work. I want to tell you there's another side of the story, and I'll just breeze through this, is that there were people in the Scripture who trusted in God, and God blessed them. You've heard of David and Goliath. <laughs> The story. Just what, what can God do with a middle schooler? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Bring down the giant. Why? Not because of 
the strength or, you know, being a sharpshooter. <laughs> it wasn't any of those things. It was his blessing. You could look at, we mentioned earlier, Joshua and Caleb. We could see in them and you say, how could that, God bless that. God bless that so much. So even over a lifetime that they did get to see the promised land. You could look at Ruth and seeing her as a woman in, a, in an awful place and being and, and just taking steps of faith. God blessed her and put her in a situation where she was taken care of. You could look at Joseph in the Old Testament and you say, boy, that was just one bad thing after another. Sold into slavery. What's he going to do now? He, he goes from being sold into slavery through him being second in command, really, of much of the world's wealth at that time. And God using him greatly to even preserve the line of the Savior. You, you could also look at uh, the fishermen in the New Testament who, you know, they were just doing their own thing. They were fishing and Jesus called them and said, come this way. And they're, okay, we will. We don't understand, but we will. You could look at Peter, one of the the one of uh, floundering faith that constantly is tripping over his own words and failing over and over again. Yet, yet, when he trusted and God used him greatly, you could look at Paul, who was chased by his own guilt of the things that he had committed, of wrong pursuits that he had, and guess what? When he trusted in the Lord, God did great things in his life. And then there's you. And then there's you. Uh, as we sit here and we, we're going to have many decisions to make, some daily, some uh, significant ones of life-altering things, I want to tell you, there's you. And Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. This year, I want to encourage you to remind yourself to, to play this over in your mind, to say it out loud. When people, you, you can say this, remind yourself, I'm not strong enough. Not strong enough. I'm not rich enough. Not rich enough. I don't care how much money you have. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. Not smart enough. This is above my pay grade, okay? Not smart enough. I'm not tough enough. Not tough enough for the things of God. I am not tough enough. If these things are true of you, it sounds to me like you're going to need to trust the Lord this year. And that's what I encourage you to do. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being with your people and uh, considering uh, the stories of the history of different people who have trusted in you and not trusted in you. God, I pray that if our lives are being written as you consider what happens in the future would be written that, that it would be told of us that we walked with you that we trusted in you that we did not depend on our own ideas or our own resources but that we trusted in you god bless your church i pray in jesus name amen amen i'd ask that uh, the